In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Nico Hearn and Mark Allen. With some talk birdie to me bonus content. Well, as promised, we are here at Huntingdale Golf Club and we're in the clubhouse looking out at a incredible redo of one of the most famous golf courses with a rich history of professional golf in Australia. I'm here with Nico Hearn. Nice to see you. And you, Mark, has, how long have you been a member here, by the way? I was a member for 30 years. 30? Yeah, proud member. Needed to change. Actually needed to get away from my brother. <laughs> that's, <laughs> know, what, that's what happened. I, know, I, know I had the, to leave. I know the feeling, although I'm still a, <laughs> I'm still a member at Mount Lawley. <laughs> uh, but we are here. Um, I'm going to call him the brains and the artist uh, behind OCM. Ogilvy, Mead. And cocking, although they don't, these no, days they, they go the again. other way. Goes no, the they go way. the other way. I'm not uh, starting again. That was, okay. I did that on purpose. It's uh, OCM. It you, is. Yeah. Michael, you knew I did that on purpose, did. didn't I you? I did. Michael yeah. Cocking's with us. Now, Michael, Thanks, Medina, you've got going. Shady Oaks, where it all started. The yeah. fall line in Georgia, I'm excited about. I've seen photos, 36 holes. You've got a cabillionaire over there, just wanted a nice sand belt golf course. A couple of them in the middle of Georgia. Austin, Texas is new. Yep. Minnesota mm-hmm. is a new one. Yep. You advise at Kingston Heath, Victoria. Mount Lawley's getting a redo. The Lakes needs a redo. Can you fix one up for me? I know you're consulting now. Bonnie Doon was a ripper, but we're here to talk about Huntingdale and, and probably what a few other little bits and pieces you can yeah. give us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. We appreciate it. it. It looks like a big job. It's a big job. Yeah, this is probably the biggest part of it. Uh, kind of looking out at the northern end, you know, so moving the driving range across to kind of where old 16 was and moving all the mounds. Um, yeah, I would say most of the earthworks, the biggest part of the, you know, of the project is here. So when I spoke to you uh, on the last night of uh, Huntingdale before yeah, the redo yeah. was done, you drove the tractors in the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, you were kind of talking to me about that you're going to leave six holes alone, you're going to upgrade six holes, and you're going to completely do redo six holes. Has, is that about right, or is it? have you tinkered with that formula at Huntingdale? No, it's about right. It's just that the six, the complete redo of six is kind of the stage we're in now. Um, and also, it's just the nature of golf course construction. You kind of have to dismantle everything only to put it back together again. So it looks worse than what it actually is. It's kind of... Hmm. It's the, you know, breaking eggs to make a cake um, analogy. So, you know, what you're seeing there, all those piles of sand, that's just the topsoil that we've sort of pushed off so we can then make changes only to spread it back again. And, so. and is that the way you would generally do it where you're going and, and you, not to say it this way, but destroy the golf course originally, as in when, you, when you're revamping a complete six holes, you do that first before you tweak the other areas or do you tweak and then go in hard at the other spots? Or is uh, that just a case by case? Case by case. Oh, okay. Normally you follow the irrigation. So right. you, you bring water with you. So you kind of, the, the, the program starts kind of close to the pump station and you kind of work out from there. And it's, it's just a, 
by chance if some of those holes are like little subtle things or major things. Did did you do the chipping green a while back? A we did. A few years ago? Was that yeah, a couple of years like ago? Four years ago, okay. maybe. Yeah, I would and say. You're testing the new grass? Yep. Yeah, it's so pure distinction, right? Pure distinction, yeah. So mm. same as Victoria, same as yeah. Peninsula, Kingswood. It's the answer because I see uh, LA Country Club went to it. Uh, pure distinction. So, uh, Southern Hills, where they played a PGA, had pure distinction in. It all started at a PK, didn't it? Uh, it started at Royal Canberra, actually. Yeah, okay. They were the first, and which was a project we did. Um, How's it gone there? Good, really good. It's um, it look, it gets a lot of attention. You know, the grass. The reality is there's six or eight grasses that are all kind of fairly similar. The, the key is what you do under the surface. So, and that was the big game changer at Peninsula Kingswood was how we built those greens. And it's something now that pretty much every club's kind of copied around Melbourne is that, that method. So the Huntingdale Pure Distinction Greens of the future yep. will be that formula at uh, Peninsula Kingswood and Victoria? Or a little bit different? Uh, very similar to Peninsula Kingswood. S- same as the short course at Kingston Heath that mm. we just did, the Forest. Yeah, okay. So same method there. Exactly the same. I, I played that with Mark uh, a little while ago, the Forest. Oh, cool. I loved it. Oh, good. It was so good. Yeah, some fun fun holes out there. And the thing I liked about it was there's probably, what, six or seven out of the nine holes where you can almost putt the ball yeah. to, to the green. Yeah. There might be a couple where you have to carry. So it's great for, I guess, the elderly golfer or the juniors who are just starting and yet... It's still a real test for the top player as well. I've heard that it's sort of getting filled with mostly the better players at the moment. They're all going out there working on their wedge games. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think that might be a hint to all the members out there to uh, perhaps get out on that far. He says course. it's a challenge. He booted the first three holes by the way we were playing, so he got off to a good start. Uh, I spoke to you about five years ago before you did the master plan for Huntingdale. Yep. You might remember this. By the, judging on the look of your face, you don't. But I asked you about Huntingdale. And what you would do at Huntingdale. And I reckon not long after you somehow were out here. And and you told me you were more excited about Huntingdale than some of the other projects you've done because of the rolling nature and the history. Yeah. Is that, have you maintained that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got some, you know, my brief stint at playing competitively, you know, one of the highlights, I guess, of my amateur career was was playing the Masters here. And you, led, you led the amateurs? Yeah, I led the tournament after. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, I came fifth in the end. Yeah, so mm. I didn't realize you led the tournament. When, yeah. when was that? After the first round. Wow, I was leading. What did you shoot first round? Seven under. Not bad. Ooh, yeah, that'll yeah. Um, yeah, so that was so. That, you know, it's always a thrill when you get the chance to work somewhere that has a, you've got an emotional connection to. It was the same at Peninsula Kingswood, yeah. being a member, and, and same here. Was that the year that Nathan Green in one and won $500,000 yeah, on the 12th? Yeah. Were you really? And you were in the background? Hang, hang yeah. on, I think I was. What year was that? 2001. Yeah, I was playing. Because yeah. I, I remember the roar going yeah, you up. you playing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And this roar, and I thought... Yeah, because Lynchy was walking through the uh, the compound, you know, here. Dale Lynchy coach? Da- yeah, and... I hit first, and but they sh- no the, Nathan yeah what are they, they they showed a replay of me hitting right yeah. and then the roll went up and ah. so he thought I had the hole in one because then that would have put me back in the lead but not to be not yeah. not the five hundred thousand cash that <laughs> no, I was thinking about yeah, yeah that's right I, I think right. Greeny pulled it didn't he so he wasn't probably yeah, probably <laughs> okay we're talking to Mike Cocking from OCM we'll be back in a tick. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. And maybe share it with a friend. Now back to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. We're talking to Mike Hocking from OCM. We're in the clubhouse and yep. we're overlooking mm-hmm. uh, what's going to be the new, uh, that'd be 10, 11, 12 and 18 double green. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That, that yep. to me, sitting here having a shandy after I've finished and looking out over the clubhouse will be one of the better things you'd see out of any clubhouse in Australia. Yeah, it's, this area's really come together very, very well. It's got... Incredible scale, you know, it's big green, similar size green to the double green at Kingston Heath. So it's about 80 metres from edge to edge. So it f- really fills the ground. Lots of common fairway links between those two holes as well. So we've kind of really filled that space that used to be old 18 in the practice fairway with golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of hiding it at the moment because all you see is piles of dirt. But yeah. um, there's bunkers built all the way along there. If, if we were at the other end looking this way, you'd really start to see what the holes are looking like. So. Well, one of the features um, at Royal Melbourne and Kingston Heath are the fairways that keep on snaking to the next hole. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big part of an improvement at Kingston Heath. I mean, it's yep. now a number two in the country and all the rest of it. But you're going to do a lot of that here, aren't you? Yeah. Why, why is that important? Um, it's kind of become, I think, I mean, we've done a lot of it. So we, we did a lot of it at Victoria. We did a lot of it at Peninsula Kingswood. Um, Kingston Heath, we've done quite a bit. And it, it's become almost synonymous, I think, with the sandbelt. Yeah. Um, mm. And we love that kind of free form, you know, those organic shapes of, of short grass that link the holes. And it, it's almost like rather than 18 individual holes, the golfer goes on more of a journey because you sort of don't know where one hole ends and the next hole starts. They just kind of merge into one another. Mm. Um, it's something a lot of people overseas have looked to copy in Australia. They kind of think it's a cool look. It's very much not the typical view you would see in America where there's, you know, tea boxes and they're all surrounded by rough. Island but, fairways. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. The, all the work we're doing in America, you'll see a lot of that as well. So. And, and I mean, this golf course, I guess when I first started playing here, it had four of the best par threes around and I think it almost lost its um, soul a little bit with a couple of the par threes. Are you introducing, did I hear right that they're going to put that little short par four in? Yeah. Back, back in again? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, I, lo- I used to love that hole and then all of a sudden they turned it into a, a par three, a longish par three, which was for me a bit of a, a, a funky green. I mean, I actually almost had a hole in one there one day and it was by accident because I went up the slope <laughs> and came back, but I didn't mean to do that. The thinking was the Masters... And Huntingdale needed a long par three. Really? Yeah. And, and and it was a par 73, and that kind of fixed two problems at once. Was right. was the thinking it was what, 20, too, it was 20 years ago? Yeah. You know, it, it somehow uh, made the course stronger with a long par three instead of a short par four and, and got yeah. rid of the par 73 anomaly. Mm. Well, I always enjoyed 12, where Greeny had the hole in one, yeah. and then 15, and then they changed 15 as well, and that sort of lost its way a bit. 
Yeah, I mean, t- certainly we're looking to, I mean, 12's still a great par mm. three and it's pretty much just going back, you know, as, as it was. There'll be a few little changes to the bunkering. But um, yeah, we. Ca- I mean, we're suckers for great short par fours and Melbourne has a lot of them. And we just thought there were more benefits in putting five back as a short four than keeping it as a three. So we'll go back to a par 73. Um, it's or, yeah. I think pars kind of is a little bit flexible because yeah. you know I think in a tournament, I kind of really like the idea of playing the old tenth as a four as opposed to a five. Yeah. So there's sort of there's a couple of holes that are a yeah. little bit flexible. Um, but yeah, five five was the first time I saw Tiger Woods actually was uh, yeah. standing behind that fifth tee. Oh really? Yeah, wow. I still remember. It. That's cool. Skinny little kid. Well, a long time ago when this tournament started. Uh, David Inglis and, and Frank Williams got it up and going. Yeah. And the tournament became so big that this golf course, Huntingdale, was in the top 100 golf courses in the world. It was. Now, that's a long time ago. Yeah. I reckon the membership here is, is dreaming of a big, sharp rise, um, you know, 10 years from now, when everything's settled down and it's been sand-belted again. Yeah, yeah. Kingston yep. Heath, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. How high up? I mean, I, I noticed that Peninsula Kingswood didn't get into the top 100, but that's a, a near certainty to get in at some stage. That was ridiculous that that didn't. Yeah. So it takes time. It does, yeah. For for courses to be recognised. How, how, how good do you think it can be? That's a tricky question. Um, I never like trying to put numbers on things. Um, but... You know, at, at at Peninsula Kingswood, for instance, you know, I sort of chatted to the board and said, you know, the the goal when people come to Melbourne, you know, if they've got a day or two, they go to Kingston, Ethan, Royal Melbourne. If they've got an extra day, they might do Victoria and Metropolitan. I said, you're, you're, the aim is to try and get Peninsula Kingswood to turn those four into five. Yep. I would say it's a similar, you know, similar aim here. It needs to be in the conversation with those sort of peer clubs. Whereas probably in the last 20 years, it's fallen out of that conversation. So, you know, if someone's driving down North Road here, you want them to turn left in here just as much as going a little bit further down and, and going into Metro. So, mm. From a designer uh, perspective, I'm actually curious in this regard, because you have so many projects on the go where you're renovating existing courses. How many have you got starting from scratch? I know you've got the one in Minnesota. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So and then one in Georgia, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got two in Georgia, uh, one in Austin, uh, Minnesota. We've actually got one in Canada. We're looking at one in Tasmania, down in Hobart. So it's six, oh, I guess. Six that yeah. will be from scratch. Yeah. Is that the arm okay. one? Okay. Yeah. That one's yeah. called. What's arm that end. called? Arm yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, when you start from scratch, it's almost like, um, I guess, an artist coming in and going, "Oh wow, I've got a blank canvas here. This is pretty cool." Whereas existing golf courses, I mean, how do you? How do you sort of work towards those? Yeah, I mean, I guess our reputation was built around existing courses Mm. for a long time. And we really like working at existing courses. But you you don't really ever get the chance to display your skills at routing the course and and taking the golfer on that journey of how how you want, you know, how we want you Mm. to sort of navigate your way around the property and different view lines and different parts of the property you want the golfer to experience. And you you do get to do that with a new course. Mm. So that's been really... Yeah, very fun. I mean, the, in Georgia, we Ashley and I spent about six months trying to route that golf course. Um, it started out as 18, and then it became 27, and they wanted 36 holes. And it was a thick forest. You know, it was it was working off. We had a great uh, hiking app on our phone, which was really good. We're very handy. A hiking app? Well, it, it 
navigated your path and you could sort of drop pins and, and okay. make comments and things. We had the topo, which we were working off, but it was, I mean, it was absolutely dense. You couldn't see anything. So it was a process of believing in the topo, laying out the holes, and then we got to the point where we were clearing shot lines and then we would make adjustments and then we'd move things around. And it, and it really took six months to get to the point where we were comfortable with that 36-hour yeah. layout. And then we've been working since, so we've been building for 18 months there. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned a second ago, let's go back to Huntingdale. Yeah. Uh, that this one out the front, 12 and 18, yep. was like the double green at Kingston Heath. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it occurs to me that golf course designers will say what they're going to do by citing another hole that's similar. Yeah. How many holes out here, like if we went through them, yep. you know, you could say, no, one, one's still going to kind of be one at Huntingdale. Yep. Two might be something else. Do you... Do you do it that way? I mean, is it now got to a point that there are so many golf holes out there and you've done so much and you've got a feel for what you want to do that you don't completely copy a hole, but there's certainly a feel to some of the holes out there? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we, we joke that golf course architects are just good mimics, um, but we usually use other holes as, because it's easy for people to understand, you know. Um, so if I say the double green at Kingston Heath, you kind of have a mental image of mm. what that yeah, looks that's like. Right. So what about the first? Um, if I say that, everyone knows the first at Huntingdale. Yeah, well, we're looking to remove the bunker on the right and we'll yeah. be thinning out some trees on the left. Um, the green will more or less stay where it is, yeah. you know. Yeah, right. but I'm glad you're getting rid of that bunker I hit in there many <laughs> <Yeah>. times <laughs> in the Masters. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you do kind of, when, when we're looking at a hole or whether, whether it's here at Huntingdale or wherever, um, and you're talking about different ideas, you, you kind of, when you see the land, it reminds you of certain things and you kind of go through your mental Rolodex of mm. similar holes and think, well, it could be a little bit like the whatever. The, yeah. you know, Have you got any, any others here? I mean, of 12 and 18, Kingston Heath, double green. Are there any others? Are these certainly not replicas, but there might be the starting point might be like, well, you know, on the old 17th, for instance, we're yep. thinking of a, some sort of ground hazard on the inside corner. We're talking about it today, saying, well, it could be a little bit like the 7th on the south course at Peninsula Kingswood. There or, you go. And so that might be a starting point, but then you rarely, it never ends up that way, but it just might be enough to sort of, you know, there's iterations that yep. kind of, you know, m moves away from that. But right. um, yeah, a lot of architects work that way. And, and yeah. which six holes around here will more or less be the same? Without you altering them, which which, which ones? Can Mainly on the front nine. Yeah. So I would three? say, uh, yeah, I would say three. Yeah. Six. Yeah, six is a ripper. Seven, eight, definitely. Eight's a ripper. Uh, nine, you know, the bunkers might change a little bit. Yeah. Um, Twelve. Yeah. What happens to ten, which becomes the new thirteenth? Par four. Well, I th I think it's a lot of the changes to that whole appear to have been made to preserve it as a par five. So a lot of bunkers have been added, things have been bought in because I think there was a fear that, oh, it's too short, so we need, yeah. to, need to make it more difficult in yeah. other ways. Um, I see like a really nice diagonal line of bunkers coming out of the left that kind of come a long way forward. Mm. Uh, think S about... Second like shot at 17 East? Well, I was going to say, yeah. Royal Melbourne? Yeah, or a mirrored version of 11 at Kingston Heath. There you go. If you yeah. flipped that over yeah. Yeah. and you got the bunkers coming out. Yeah, everyone's got, got that. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so from the T, I actually think it, it makes more sense perhaps for the drive bunker to be on the right um, because that's going to be the easier angle to the green and, right. and you want to sucker people into hitting left. So, um, yeah. 
All right. I, I tell people that golf course designers are assholes by nature, <laughs> right? Because they always point tees where the rubbish is. Yeah, but that, do you ever do that? No. Do you, no. Do you ever fair to come like, no. okay, there's a bit of rubbish out here. Why, why wouldn't I just make a diagonal kind of tee and we not, point it towards that? We go to pains actually to point the tees straight down the hole. Do you? you know, yeah. Right. We'll do other things to kind of mess can, with you. Can you have a look at 14 at Kingston Heath, please? It just points straight out into the tea tree and everyone just goes straight there. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do. Maybe okay. the greenkeepers, when they're setting the tea markers, you know, they can yeah. just yeah. one in front of the other and angle them and one the way one, or another. The other one here, so it's when I first learnt the term you've got to hit across the tea was the second. The second hole used to... The tea I'll used to point, point right. straight to the... What was that sort of big tree? Uh, the big... Mm. Uh, it used to be in the corner, Greg. The big uh, cypress. There's a cypress. There was a huge uh, okay. cypress that if you hit underneath that cypress, you couldn't get your ball. Kev knows that one. Don't you remember? You remember when I was back here. We've got some yeah, young yeah, members yeah. here having a listen. So that T used to point straight at it. And then my father, Gary, who was a member here for 50 years, yep. he was the first person to teach me to hit across the T. And that's, you know, you, you learn those things. Yeah. Wow. But you don't do that. You're not an, no. ass, you're not an asshole. Well, like the <laughs> of course, not, architect. But, you know. <laughs> No. You can only have one in them a company, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> per company. No, for sure. That's but, right. Uh, I'm going to ask, you know, we're talking about Huntingdale, but from a selfish point of view, you're redoing Mount Lawley at the moment in Perth, the course that I regrew, uh, yeah. sorry, I grew up on. Yep. Uh, I heard you redid the 13th, the Commonwealth. We did. Yeah. I yeah. mean, when I used to play that as a kid, it was a, have you ever seen this hole, Mark? I played Mount Lawley a couple of times, oh, okay. but so long ago. I it can't was a map of Australia. I mean, it really was had Tasmania. And I saw a, a I can't saw an aerial view of it a while back, and it literally looks like a map of Australia again. Yeah, we we kind of, you know, we didn't want it to be too sort of um, kitschy or sure. you know yeah. twee or. Um, but so what we wanted, we wanted it from the T not to be obvious that it was a map of Australia. Yeah. So it just looks like a green with some bunkers around it. But we actually sent a drone up because we thought well, if we're going to go, yeah. if we're going to go and make it look like a map of Australia, it, it really needs to look like yeah. a map of Australia. So this we actually, to, if you've never played Mount Lawley, oh, this is oh, yeah. this so is real. We flagged the whole thing. You know, there were elements that weren't looking quite right. Sure. I kind of liked the idea that on the T, you know, the, the pin sheet just refers to it as um, capital cities. You know, yeah. so the pins in Canberra today, or Perth. in Perth, yeah. or whatever, or states, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really close. And the yeah. nice thing is that, um, yeah, from the T, it's it's not that Under. obvious. You wouldn't know. Or, or um, yeah. The only thing I think my mum is a member there. I don't yeah. know if you've met. My, I have my, met my, my folks. Met your yeah. yeah, I have. As long as she can run it up through the Great Australian Bite, she's yeah. very happy. So. <laughs> there is a gap there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. There's a gap. Last uh, one on Huntingdale and last one for you, and we, we appreciate your time. In, in 1979, when Barry Vivian won here, he shot 80 in the last round. It was a par 73 shot. The, the old joke was that you had to walk the fairways of Huntingdale single file yeah. because it was so tight. Yeah. Now, slowly but surely, trees have been cleared. I understand that you're in full control of what happens to the foliage around the entire golf course. Um, we've seen Yarra Yarra, and I think what they've done at Yarra makes sense might have been thinned out a little bit too much in some places just for me but yep. there are others who absolutely love it what sort of a uh, treatment are these beautiful trees going to get around the place well I, th I think the members have been really pleased that this was always going to be the most open section of the course and i think the general comment has been that we were surprised that there weren't more trees removed so yep. here is has some advantages over yarra you know yarra was always very narrow tree lines between holes whereas here there's actually some wedges 
So like between old 17 and 18 mm. and when you get on the other side of the course. So, and, and they actually have better quality trees here too. Yeah. So we are, there is some tree removal and the fairways are getting wider. Um, but a lot of that's, to, you know, it's a small course. I think you were, I chatted to you after the members presentation, you were surprised when I said that the size of this property is similar to Kingston Heath. Which is what Kingston is one twenty five yeah. hectares you call them or uh, acres, acres yeah. and, and this place Huntingdale is one hundred and twenty. I, I want to say it's one twenty. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Wow. And so they, but the the brilliance of Kingston Heath is they do it. They it feels like a tournament course. You know, it's a big feeling course, but they do that because of those short grass links and their copses of vegetation. They didn't feel the need to line every fairway with rows of trees. Mm. Um, here there were a lot of rows of trees, but we're we've sort of just opening that up and kind of letting the course breathe a bit. Um, so this will be a, a much bigger feeling golf course. Yeah, it'll feel um, like uh, that's spot on actually with Kingston Heath and some of the courses I've seen when you get those fairways running into each other, all of a sudden it's like an expanse, which yep. makes it feel bigger, number yep. one. But the other thing about this course and the thing I love, it's you said it's not in the top 100 in the world rankings and hopefully it'll get to be back in it, but it definitely is clubhouse-wise. I mean, nice. the view here, mm. it's like a 270-degree view, isn't it? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, no, the clubhouse is superb. And I can yeah. imagine you sitting... nailed it. Sitting here after a round of golf on the balcony and you're watching people three-putt the 12th and the 8th. <laughs> the massive greens. It's going to look so good. Yeah. Well, Mike, thanks uh, for your time. We thanks appreciate guys. it. Good yeah, luck no with problems. Medina, Shady Oaks, <coughs> the, the Fall Line, which is in Georgia, Austin, Texas, the new one in Minnesota. Kingston Heath looks a treat. So does Victoria. Mount Lawley's going to be a ripper. Do some work on the lakes for me. Bonnie Doon. <laughs> Bonnie Doon. Bonnie Doon's a belter. Bonnie Doon. And yeah. all the best of it luck is. with uh, Huntingdale Golf Club. Yeah, terrific. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Terrific. Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for being part of Talk Birdie to me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. And if you want to be part of the show, drop us a message or comment on the socials. Or you can send an email or leave a voicemail at talkbirdietome.com.au. Thanks to the great team at Ping. They're the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. If you're after top quality at prices you won't beat, check them out. Golfclearanceoutlet.com.au Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. <laughs>